Reclaim Your Brain podcast. I'm Dr. Liz Rook. I'm a certified life coach and rheumatologist, and I'm here to show you how I combine science, coaching, and psychology to solve stress and worry for me. And now I want to show you how you can do the same to enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. It's time to stop struggling and have more fun. Let's do this. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode four. We're going to talk today about hacking your worrying habit and transforming it into self-confidence. Before we get started on talking about worry, I wanted to tell you this short interlude. I love being outside. I was outside this morning trail running with my dog, and I was thinking about how great the cold air felt in my body and how great I felt being in motion, and I was focused on the ground right in front of me because about two months ago, I was out trail running in Steamboat Springs. We were on vacation and it was such a glorious day, just like this morning. And I was running downhill and my body felt light. It felt fantastic. And I picked my head up and was looking kind of 10 to 15 yards in the future. And just then my foot got caught on a a route and I went flying through the air and landed about as hard as I have ever landed in my adult life. It sucked. (laughs) I thought, I broke something. And then since I've healed up, every time I've been hiking or trail running, I have been focused on where I am stepping and where I'm going to be stepping in the next two to five steps. And it made me think about worry and how we're constantly thinking about our futures. And we use our imagination to create these scenarios where things can always go wrong versus when we were kids and we used our imagination, our creativity, we had dreams and we made up stories and we played with our friends and we imagined the future that we wanted to create. And it felt kind of magical to us. And then somewhere along the way, probably in our teenage years, we lost this. We started worrying more about what other people think of us, what bad things could happen. And the influences of society and the people around us kind of took their hold and sunk their claws in. And we lost this beautiful imagination that we had to create the future that we wanted. And we started creating worry instead. We worried about what people would think, what could happen, the worst case scenario of what if, what if, what if. And that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today. So I just wanna point out that worry is a habit. It's something we've developed over time. And just like everything else I'm talking about with you about reclaiming your brain, you have to practice. You have to practice what you're doing. It's not a one and done. It's kind of like cleaning out your brain, cleaning it up, redirecting it. It's kind of like doing the laundry. It's like taking a shower. You can't just one and done it. You got to keep practicing. So if you do this for a little while, and then you feel yourself slipping back into your worry habit, it's okay. Totally normal. Just get back on track and keep moving forward because every time you practice, you strengthen that muscle moving in the direction of not worrying or doing less worrying and focusing on what you do want to happen versus what you don't want to happen. Okay, so we're talking about shifting from worry to focusing on what you do want to happen in the future. We'll talk more about why this is important towards the end of this podcast episode. So this shift from worry to intentional thought and belief creation of what we want to happen will assist us in transforming our lives and feeling more confident, 
calm and peaceful as we look towards the future and as we live in the present. And it'll help us be more intentional as we take action towards what we do want to happen versus taking unintentional or reactive action to prevent what we don't want to happen. So I'm breaking this down today into my three main steps that I work with with my clients, my three pillars of awareness, allowance, and acceptance. And then we're gonna talk about worry in terms of self-confidence and how to grow your confidence. So with awareness, I'm gonna use the example of our kiddo gets in trouble at school, and then we get a call from the principal's office. And instead of just being open or curious or asking more questions, most of our brains will turn straight to worry after we make sure the kiddo is okay. And then we jump to the worst case scenario by default. As we're driving to the school, maybe we have to go pick them up. We kind of expand our worry and sometimes we even catastrophize it. And what I mean by this is like our sweet little eight-year-old who got frustrated, maybe acted out in class once. By the time we get to the school to pick him up and talk to him and talk to the principal and maybe the teacher, we've made this poor sweet eight-year-old into a homeless adult delinquent who's drug addicted and then dies at the age of 30. And then we also make it mean that we're a failure as a parent. Okay, maybe that's a little bit extreme, but our brains sometimes go there and they go there just based on habit and default. Because remember, our fear-based habit brain, our emotional brain, it wants to protect us. So another example of this is we plan to meet up with a friend and she's running late and she's normally early. So we jump to, I wonder if she's okay. Maybe she got into an accident. Oh my God, it's been 15 minutes. Maybe she's trapped in her car and she can't call for help. And then what if, what if, what if, and then the worry train is off and running. So first being aware when we're in the habit of worrying and catching ourselves in it. And like we talked about last episode, a lot of times when we first start this practice, we're going to catch it afterwards and then we catch it during, and then we can kind of cut it off as soon as it's happening to refocus it intentionally to a result that we want to create. So that's the concept of awareness with worry. You want to be aware when you're worrying. Sometimes it's going to seem so natural to you. You won't even be aware that you're doing it. You just will be worrying constantly. And how I know if I'm worrying is I kind of start spiraling into like, what if this happens? What if this happens? Right? So the second step is allowance. So we want to allow that our brains are going to naturally default to negativity and protection because it's fear-based thinking and it's habit, right? It kept us safe for hundreds of years. However, in our modern world, there are less things that are gonna kill us, like that tiger or bear that, you know, we couldn't leave the cave unless it was safe. We don't have tigers and bears in general trying to attack us when we walk down the street. So now, like when we get an email or phone call from our boss at work saying they wanna meet with us, we tend towards, "Uh uh-oh, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? What am I going to get in trouble for kind of automatically versus just being curious and neutral or even positive and excited? Like, oh, I wonder what they want to talk about. Cool. Maybe I'm getting a promotion. Now, I'm not saying that we want to swing from that default of fear, doom and gloom to positive Pollyanna that life is perfect and nothing negative can ever enter my space because then I'm somehow doing it wrong. And this is what a lot of people try to do. And then they constantly feel like they're failing because they can't just spin everything positively. That's not at all what we're talking about. And I don't necessarily advocate for that for anyone. There are certain situations where it's helpful to frame it more positively, but sometimes it's too much of a swing to go from positive to awesome, right? Or from negative to awesome. You want to 
be able to go maybe to a more neutral space where you feel safe, where you feel secure, and you can kind of go up into your higher consciousness, your cognitive logical brain, and kind of ask some more questions and get curious. So the best way I found to do this and go from worrying to seeing it and watching it is just sentences that are happening in my brain that are causing sensations in my body, which is what feelings are, is to kind of poke at it and ask myself, is this really true? And this is something I learned from Byron Katie with her four questions. And if you're interested in doing more um, Byron Katie type work, you can get the book Loving What Is. I read it about 20 years ago and it's helped me so much in my life. Because 99% of the time, we can't possibly know that what's spinning around in our heads is worry is true. But our brains like to be right and they do not like to leave questions unanswered. So they always will jump to worst case scenario in an attempt to protect us. And that doesn't allow us to just let life unfold because we influence the world around us by what we're thinking, by what our beliefs are, and the energy we're putting out in terms of if we're worrying, we may unintentionally create that scenario that we didn't want versus being focused intentionally on what we do want. And if that doesn't make sense, just hang with me. So this is where self-confidence comes in, right? Confidence, and let me define confidence versus self-confidence. Confidence comes from repetition and knowing that we can do something because we've done it before, like writing a sentence down or driving to the store or pouring a glass of milk without spilling it, right? We can be com relatively confident that we can do all those things because we've done them a million times in the past. Self-confidence comes from knowing and trusting that we can be okay no matter what happens and that we can handle anything that life throws at us. And we do this and find and grow our self-confidence by finding and dismantling any and all beliefs that we have kind of on our default setting that stand in the way of knowing that we are, in fact, able to handle anything and everything, and that no matter what happens, everything will be okay. Because, my friends, the truth is we can and do handle everything that comes at us. Our track record, if we're still here alive on this planet, is that our track record's 100% so far. And you've probably heard that in some way, shape, or form. We may not like the results we get, but ultimately we create our lives with our thoughts and beliefs and ideas. So if we want different results than what our fear-based default worry brain is giving us, we wanna shift deliberately, practice consciously creating new ideas from our logical thought brace being brain. My tongue is getting tied, y'all. Our thought-based brain to create our future so we can build our self-confidence and then our self-belief in, in the process of this. Okay. So that's allowance. So first we want to be aware when the worry is happening. And then we kind of want to just watch our brains and allow it to a certain extent, right? You want to identify that worry, how it feels in your body, and then kind of be able to shift it by opening up to it. Because when we resist worry, or we try to shut it down, or we try to buffer, thing, buffer things away with it, like overeating or scrolling social media or avoiding whatever it is that's causing us to worry, that can actually make things worse. And it actually causes the worry to get stronger versus allowing when you allow it and you allow yourself to feel it and you kind of come back up from your emotional brain back up into your logical brain you can see it in a different way and kind of neutralize it from there okay 
So then that third step is acceptance. The acceptance that our brain will default to the negative. It's fear-based and it's protective. And it also correlates to a scarcity-based, what if there's not enough mentality? So how I see acceptance is learning to be compassionate and kind to ourselves instead of allowing that judge and that inner critic, like we talked about previously, to come up and come in and kind of heaps more poop on the pile when we're already spinning in worry. And then we start judging ourselves for worrying and saying we shouldn't be doing this. We're not doing it right. We're human. And when we're tired or stressed or otherwise emotional, these default settings with the fear and the worry and the doubt will come up and present themselves on a platter. And a lot of times if we're tired, our brain will just take them and run with them to save energy because it doesn't think we have the energy to kind of stop and go back into our logical, rational brain because that takes a little bit more conscious energy until we've practiced it enough. So seeing ourselves in the moment that the worry is happening and practicing giving ourselves compassion and kindness, which can show up as just allowing it to be there for a minute, giving it space, holding it with love, kind of mentally giving ourselves a hug and just reassuring ourselves that of course, this is what our brain's thinking. And when we normalize it, we tend to be less reactive to it and we tend to resist it. Because if we're saying, of course, this is happening, this is how my brain wants to protect me. It goes into worry because it's a habit that I've practiced a million times before and it's okay. The more we're able to kind of self-soothe and create safety and security and space with love and compassion, the less reactive we'll be and the more confidence and self-confidence we'll build when we're slipping down that worry slide and we see it come in again. And then over time, this will become our default that we just kind of automatically go, oh, there's worry again, what's going on? And we check in and that will become our default as we reclaim our brain. Okay, so knowing that your brain always wants to answer questions and it wants to conserve energy, how do we redirect it when it heads down the worry path again? And it's asking what if, or it's wondering what will happen next because uncertainty creates worry. And we, told, we all experienced this with COVID because when COVID hit, we had never seen anything like this before. The world shut down and was completely different. And I don't know about you, but I panicked a little and I got kind of anxious and I went back to stress eating. And that was my old default. I thought I had worked through it and I had to work again through it to allow myself that grace and compassion to realize this was something that had never happened in our world before. And my worry brain just kind of kicked into overdrive and went into survival mode. So if you're listening to this, likely you had some kind of reaction when COVID happened. And then over the weeks to months as it evolved, there was a lot of uncertainty. And what I learned during this time of uncertainty when COVID first hit and it was kind of taking hold and everyone was at home and job situations and family situations and daycare and, and work and even going to the grocery store changed hugely was that the uncertainty is the only thing that we can be certain of in our lives. Our brains create certainty based on our past experiences. So we all are fairly certain that we're gonna wake up tomorrow morning, but do we really know that that's true? No. So our brains create a sense of reality to kind of reassure us and keep us safe. And obviously my intention is not to make you worry that you're not gonna wake up tomorrow morning, 
but I'm putting this in perspective for you because even things that things that we think are certain are never certain. The only certainty is that everything is uncertain. And in some way, when COVID happened, that was very comforting to me because I could find how that was true about virtually everything in my life and realize that I had created certainty from uncertain situations and that I could do the same with this situation. So first, when we're trying to redirect our brains, when they're starting to worry, we can hop to safety and security if we're feeling worry or anxiety overwhelm us. And the best way that I found to do this is to stop and put my hand on my heart or my belly and feel myself breathing and feel my heart beating and then calm my body as I identify the worry and anxiety. And I sometimes will say it either out loud or in my head if I'm around other people and just say, I'm safe, I'm secure, I'm okay. And I just kind of look around and I say, okay, right now in this very moment, I am okay. Because this helps us hit that pause button and kind of pause on the worry spiral. So once we've calmed down and we've created safety and security, both in our brain and our body, because remember, our brain doesn't know the difference between something we're thinking and something that's actually happening. So with the worry, a lot of times we're, we're over in the future at the worst case scenario, thinking that it's actually happening and our body thinks it's experiencing it. And that's where we feel the physical sensations of worry or anxiety in our body. And it could be like chest pressure or your heart's pumping when in actuality, you're sitting on your couch in your home safe, or you're sitting in the car staring out the window. But our body doesn't realize that because our brain is in the future worrying about what could happen. And it's already over there. So coming back into our body, feeling our breath, feeling our heartbeat, even feeling our skin, feeling our muscles, realizing we are safe, we are secure, we're okay. And this can be a great exercise for you to do. Kind of maybe when it starts coming up or just randomly throughout the day, like just check in and be like, okay, right now I feel safe. I feel secure because all of our feelings come from our thoughts. And sometimes we have to intentionally practice feeling safe and secure, especially if as kids, we had to rely on other people for our safety and we didn't always feel safe or we didn't feel secure. Okay. And we'll talk about this in the future, but a lot of us relegate our feelings to things outside of us, either other people or situations or like money. Money is a big source of security for a lot of people. It's actually our thoughts about money that create that security, not the money itself. Money is just a piece of paper. It's just doing its thing. Okay. So that first step is coming back into your body and then creating that safety and security. Next, we want to offer our brain better questions. If we ask a negative what if question to our brain will get a negative what if answer. Okay. So if we ask, what if we die? Then our brain will answer, we'll be dead. Okay. Not necessarily what we want to hear. So we can kind of shift to a more neutral or general or even positively based question. So an example of this is instead of asking, what if this goes terribly wrong? And then listing all the ways that your weight loss or your promotion or moving to a different state could go wrong. And those outcomes are like a conversation you want to have with someone. What could go wrong? They could, you know, hit me or they could ignore me or they could, I could get fired or, you know, all those worst case scenarios. 
What if you tapped into your curiosity to let your creative brain play and ask, what if this goes right? It will feel awkward and difficult when you first start reframing these questions. But like with sports and trivia and all things in life, the more we practice, the easier and more automated it will get. So in this scenario, we're using our brain for the outcome that we want instead of the outcome that we don't want. So instead of asking what could go, what if this goes wrong, just turn it into what if this goes right? Or a more neutral approach would be, what if this doesn't even happen? What could happen instead? <laughs> okay. And then the third thing that we can do to kind of redirect our brain is stay present in our bodies and not allow that inner critic to take over with criticism and judgment, like we talked about earlier. The inner critic for me usually sounds like, why are you thinking like this? You should be doing better than this. Why are you even bothering to try? You're hopeless. Or heaping judgment onto your already worried brain. And so if you're feeling blame or you're feeling shame or ashamed, then you know that your inner critic's probably lurking around there somewhere and whispering something to you. But I also want you to remember, she's there to protect you. And when you're able to see that and love her for who she is, that can help to soothe you and kind of decrease that worry and bring you back to a more neutral state and then get you back up into your logical brain where you can make rational decisions. When our emotional state is very high, our rational thinking is very low. And we see this when we react to our emotions. You know, we hit our thumb and then we yell. And it's almost like an instantaneous reaction versus hitting our thumb and being able to stay calm and rationally be like, oh, yeah, that kind of hurt. I should go get some ice. So you want to breathe deeply. You want to stay present. You want to focus on what you want to come out of the situation that you're worried about. This is how you move through it. Worry is a normal and natural part of life. It's a normal human tendency. So if you have a lot of worry, know you're not alone. We all have it. When it's always present or it's spiraling into anxiety and it's holding you back, then it makes it harder to embrace any sort of discomfort or any kind of uncomfortable emotion or try any new experience to help you grow because we grow through the discomfort or through the fear or through the disappointment or through the failure or through the rejection. But we can't do that if we're worrying or we don't feel safe and secure. Okay, now we're going to talk a little bit about self-confidence, then we're going to wrap it up. So self-confidence, like we talked about, is trust in yourself that you're going to be able to handle whatever's coming at you, no matter how uncertain it seems. It's something we're always growing and increasing as our emotional capacity and emotional intelligence increases. And how we do this is we set goals, we fail as we try to reach those goals, and then we trust ourselves to get back up and keep going and keep growing. The opposite of self-confidence is self-doubt. Also, I would propose worry and fear because they all live in that scarcity mindset and doubt, worry, and fear hold most of us back from living our most delicious and beautiful lives. Because you know, if you really want something, you'll find a way to make it happen and you will face that discomfort and move through it because that ultimate goal is more important to you than the temporary discomfort of doubt, worry, or fear. But a lot of us kind of tend to overthink and that's where worry comes in. And then we get paralyzed by things like, I don't know how. 
And I feel like that's one of the most deadly phrases that we can have in our brain when we want to desire, we desire to grow and learn new things. We all focus on how we're going to do something because our brains always want to know what and how so that they can feel safe as we go. So I want you to remember when we ask better questions, we get better answers. So instead of asking how and what, first ask who, who will I need to be to trust myself, to have my own back, to be willing to feel uncomfortable and do new things and allow myself to feel that worry when it comes up and then redirect it if it's holding me back or getting in my way. This is self-confidence. So today we talked about worrying being actually a habit that we can unlearn through being aware of it, through allowing the worry, creating safety and security to neutralize it, and then accepting how we feel when it comes up and compassionately loving ourselves through that moment instead of turning to our inner critic and our inner judge. And then when our brain starts to spiral and worry, we first want to create that safety and security and check in with our bodies. Then we want to offer our brain better questions about what could happen in the future. Because remember, worry is future focused, and it's usually focusing on what we don't want to happen. So we can either focus on something neutral, like, yep, this could happen, but it could also not happen. And what could happen instead? Or what if things go right instead of what if things go wrong? And then also just being aware when that inner critic is lurking and you're feeling blame either for your, to yourself, you're blaming yourself for something, or you're blaming someone else or the situation, because that takes us out of our empowerment and our agency and puts us into a kind of a victim role, which can also perpetuate our worry cycle. Because when we feel helpless or like a victim, we have no control. And I want to offer you that it's totally normal. We're taught this as we grow up, you know, we attribute our feelings and our beliefs to things around us and things outside of us when it's actually not true. And this is a lot of the work that I do with my clients. We give people their power back, right? So when you can take your power back and your agency and your authority, you can really start to shift things in your life and see how many things are actually in your control versus what's not. And then instead of worrying about what's not in your control or worrying about other people or trying to change them or trying to change a situation that you have no control over, you can actually see what is in your control and shift that to create the results that you want and how you want to experience the situation, no matter what else is not in your control. So this is worry in a nutshell and how you can hack your brain to reclaim it and direct it the way you want to go and not be a victim of your own worry. If you're interested in getting more information about this or talking to me about this further and how you can get rid of your worry habit forever, go ahead and email me at info at thrivearena.com. You can also go to thrivearena.com. I have lots of blogs on that website and you can also find more ways that you can work with me. And just a reminder, this is a relatively new podcast. So if this is helpful to you, I would encourage you to share it with other people that you feel that may be helpful for, because I believe that we can all reclaim our brain and decrease the worry and stress and overwhelm and overthinking that we have in our society to create a more peaceful, loving and compassionate world to live in. All right, my friends. 
Thank you for hanging with me today. I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe and leave a review so we can get the word out. Also, don't be shy and please share this podcast with your family and friends. If you want more inspiration and stress solutions, be sure to check out the link in the show notes to join my email list today. Have a beautiful week, friends, and I'll talk to you next week.